healing gives you the choice to respond to life situations. If you don't heal or you let life situations dictate how you're going to move, exactly. how you're going to operate. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own lives for the lives and story of Black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And um, I want to start by congratulating our British, new British tennis star, Emma, who won the US Open in sterling fashion and i mean the team the team takeover of the us open final was was amazing um as well but to but particularly i just want on a like a personal connection small one very small one is just a few weeks before three or four weeks before she um, went to the us open she was at a tournament in chicago and that at, at excess um tennis center which is in um in the high park area of chicago and it's the place where my son does his tennis lessons so um my son my daughter my husband went to see her play um and she was so lovely and she took a photo with my daughter and you know i think at that game my husband was saying at that match there was like 30 people watching her <laughs> right you know, because she was an unknown, and um, and it's a and it was a fairly small tennis tournament, really, I suppose, by comparison, of course. And then just weeks later, here she is playing in front of twenty four thousand people, and then winning the U.S. Open. I sh- I mean, it's brilliant. Obviously, she's brilliant, and um, they're they're all brilliant. And the thing that I think is also in this is, you know, so I always talk about that, you know, you can create your life. I always talk about that your dreams are possible. And we also never know when they're going to be fully realized. And sometimes they come much faster and than we expect. And, um, and to be ready. And it, and Emma was ready when the opportunity arose. So um, get ready so you can be ready or stay ready so you can be ready and, and take the opportunities as they come. And one of the other things that I think that she, in a lot of the interviews that I have heard her um, talk about her game is she takes each point at a time that was one of the pieces of wisdom that was passed down to her by one of the elder tennis players I think Henman passed that to her it's like one point at a time because that's the truth is that's all you're ever playing is one point at a time and I think the same is true for us in life one point one action at a time one we focus um because that's really all that's happening in a moment, right? We can focus on what's the action that I'm doing right now that moves me towards my goal, that moves me towards the end game. So I wanted to like shout out to Emma and, um, and really 
yeah, it was just brilliant. Um, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant final. I mean, it was just brilliant. Uh, and now more brilliance is my guest, Ariel Fuller, who is um, someone that I think, again, just like last week's episode where I said to you, get your notebook. I think it's another get your notebook um, episode. And because Ariel, Ariel is, um, again, so inspiring and does such a phenomenal work with women and, um, and, and works with her mom. And so you're going to hear a lot about the work that they're doing, the principles that they are lived by and why they wanted to support women in this phenomenal way that they are doing it. So let me just tell you a little bit more about Ariel. She is a resilient vocal dynamic woman who is not afraid to profess her love for Christ while fulfilling her life calling. She skipped law school dreams at 22 years old to step into her full-time entrepreneurship and work alongside her mother as the co-owner of Dunamis Women Enterprise, a faith-based movement that guides women on how to heal within their souls so that they may transform their life and relationships while igniting their power through prayer and spiritual warfare. She is the youngest daughter of their dynamic mother-daughter trio behind the brand. With her background in pageant systems such as Miss America, Miss USA and Miss Black US Ambassador, Ariel established her own pageant system by launching the Miss Dunamis Teen and Woman Pageant for Young Women and Real Awesome Men, showcase for young men to provide college scholarships through the nonprofit. She's passionate about mentoring teens and coaching young millennial women on how to overcome life's obstacles, restore broken relationships and redefine their life purpose. You are going to love her. I know I say that every week, but you will get your notebook or have this episode on repeat. I give you Ariel Fuller. Ariel, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. I know you're supposed to ask me questions, but one question I wanted to ask you was why she's got drive. Like, where did that come from? Listen, I think you're the first guest who's actually asked me that question in all this time. I wanted to find something that spoke to the motivation that is needed for women, Black women to succeed because the environment isn't the thing that normally catapults black women's success yeah. and anything is the environment that gets in that can get in our way or there's that we become hidden figures so in order to kind of be successful then what is it about those women who are succeeding that mm. allows them to be successful and so like what is it that's inside her and then then I was looking for a phrase that kind of captures that well she's got drive because that is exactly what it is you know yeah. she's got drive so what is it what is the parts of her that makes her drive I got drive wow you totally <laughs> for a dev drive that's why you're here yeah, yes so share my listeners like what do you do and then I want to hear this story about how did you stop doing what you're doing right now 
for those of who are listening, my name is Arielle Fuller, and I am a 31-year-old young woman from Chicago, currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am the co-owner of a company with my mom called Dunamis Woman Enterprise. Dunamis, it's a Greek term that literally means power. English term is dynamic or dynamite, so kind of like that drive, that energy, that force, that strength uh, that resides on the inside of each and every one of us. Together, my mom and I, she's the founder, and we guide women of faith on how to heal within their soul so that they can transform their life and relationships and ignite their power, that dunamis power through prayer and spiritual warfare. My mom and I, we run that company together and I am fortunate to now serve over 40,000 women in our community across the globe to really have them ignite and tap into that power as they go through their healing journey and process. Some people know that I've also started a marketing business, hosting and teaching people how to launch online challenges. Mm -hmm. And that's just because I have a love for marketing and branding and engaging people with your brand and what you do. And so challenges are a good way to be able to do so, you know, whether it's drink this Coke in five days or lose weight in five days, right? Whatever it is that you do, people love challenges and love to be able to step up to the plate and engage with a brand. That's another marketing side of me that I love, but doing both of those keep me pretty busy. Wow. The thing that's striking is that you're working with your mom. And you started this business with your mom. How did that come about? Like, how did the idea come about? Where did it come from? And how did it come like you're working with your mom? My mom and I look alike. We share the same birthday, same personality. Mm -hmm. Meaning that growing up, I didn't want to have anything to do with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we're too similar. This is not happening. So God um, gave her the vision of Dunamis Woman, and she that's, she's the founder. That's what was put on the inside of her to create Dunamis Woman. And we look at her as the ultimate Dunamis Woman, a woman mm-hmm. of power, substance, force, strength. Growing up, I learned about it and started teaching about it and being on the radio. And I was just thrusted in her life. And so people always compare me to her. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with that. And I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school. In college, I had a dunamis organization, you know, just trying to Mm -hmm. leave something in my mom's footsteps. But when I didn't get into law school, I was sitting at a bar, um, not drinking. I said, you know what, what am I going to do? Like law has just been my dream all my life since Mm -hmm. I was five. I said, well, I could either do two things. I could go home and work and build another company, or I can help build the company and the business of my parents, which is my mom and my stepdad. And so I came home and they had a commercial real estate magazine. So I started working with them with that. And then my mom had doing Miss Woman on the side. And so I just started thrusting myself in it. And then one day, you know, we just went uh, full force and full time with doing Miss Woman. And we shut down the commercial real estate business. And we said, you know what, we're just going to put our all in this. Mm-hmm. And I really came on board because when I came home from college, I started, she had a nonprofit um, called Dunamis Community, and I started taking what she was teaching to women, and I started teaching that to teens in schools, and that's when I started seeing teens grasping this Dunamis concept and being a Dunamis teen, and then we started growing, and then I had like over 500 mentees, and I was like, whoa, like there's a lot of mentees. And me traveling as a mentor, and I had Dunamis princesses, Dunamis preteens, Dunamis <laughs> teens. And I was like, well, where are all the women, right? <laughs> and so that's when I really said, well, 
let me really partner with my mom to launch Dunamis Woman to where I see it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's when we shut down the commercial real estate and we just went full time with the business and started literally from zero dollars. It was a ministry. Now it's a faith based business to now six figures. And so um, that's kind of what made me join forces because I started seeing the force of Dunamis happen with right. me generation and I saw the passion my mom had and I just knew he I was positioned as her daughter not just from a business standpoint but from Mm -hmm. a purpose-driven standpoint to live out the life that he has put on the inside of us and that the power he put on the inside of us so that was an easy decision took me a while to get there but (laughs) (laughs) and then so so given earlier you were like I'm not working with my mom we're too similar what does it feel like I want to come to that and then we're going to talk about like the power of the work um but what does it feel like to be working with your mom now yeah so now it is you know when we first started with business we had so many different um issues and I'm going to be honest I mean arguments and you know I have this vision she has this vision it's uh-huh. in the generational gap right baby boomer and millennial so there were so many communication barriers we had to overcome so many vision barriers we had to overcome uh-huh. business barriers because I didn't know anything about business she's built businesses before so it was a lot of clashing and then we had to center ourselves to really one she had to humble herself to realize that there are some things that I can do from a younger standpoint that she just won't be able to do. She's the voice. She's the visionary. Right. You have to humble yourself. And so even Facebook live, she was like, Oh heck no, I'm not getting on Facebook live. And now we have a Facebook group community of over 40,000 women. Right. And she <laughs> keeps going on live. So she had to humble herself. Right. Mm-hmm. Me, I had to, in a way, still humble myself mm-hmm. as well to her vision and trusting the process. And so once we got through those barriers, which um, investing in business coaching helped us get through those barriers, we right. would not have done that by ourselves. Our business coaches and our mindset coaches helped us overcome those barriers. And now we have like synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have our mother-daughter disagreements, don't get me wrong, Yeah. but now we know each other's primary role and the purpose that we serve. And I think with that, we're able to stay in our lane and now um, add value to each other and know that we complement each other because now we're able to serve two different generations because we have different experiences. So yeah. it's not just me and her, but it's also my sister as well. So it's it's gotten a lot better. I will tell you that from 2000. 13 to now it's so much better <laughs> and you've also got your sister in the mix as well because that's yes. and is she a recent addition or is she was she in there from the beginning uh so she was not there from the beginning um she was well she's the oldest she's 18 months older than me so she was there from the beginning let me just say yes. that yeah we saw my mom a lot when it was ministry and so with mm-hmm. that being said it was hard for her to share my mom with the world um, my mom serves as a spiritual mother to so many women across the globe and that's difficult right to share mm-hmm. your mother with so mm-hmm. many people so it was a little difficult for my sister and I have more of a business mindset so once right. we became a faith-based business my mom and I just took the the realm and my sister serves uh, as our beautician she's an esthetician so she does our hair and our makeup um that's how she kind of fits into the brand um of everything you know when we need our hair done and we're on tv and all sorts of stuff she'll come in and do that and then we're kind of creating a product line with makeup and things Uh and so that's her passion so that's kind of how she fits into wow 
Wow. So what is it about um, Kenit Dumas woman mm-hmm. that leaves women inspired or empowered? What is it yeah. that you're doing with them and that has these 40,000 women in your Facebook group like really wanting to be in the space? Like what, sh- what, what, what are the results? Like what's yeah. happening? So a lot of women come to us and I'm going to eventually use your drive as an acronym, acronym mm-hmm. because I got it when you were explaining to me what drive was and it made me think about dunamis. But women first come to us for healing, right? They have mm-hmm. experienced life. And life hits us with blows, divorce, children, uh, you know, death within our family, uh, just visions not happening the way that we see it. Life just hits us with so many different things. And so a lot of women come to us first because they have been broken in certain areas of their soul and they know that God has a purpose for them and they know they have a drive. They know they have this power inside of them, but they just don't know how to actually get that power to exude because so much hurt has happened that they haven't healed. And so when they come to us, they need to heal from rejection and abandonment and betrayal more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we take them through a healing journey to discover more of who they truly are, their true identity, not the Mm -hmm. self-made identity, not the identity that my career told me to be, or that my mom told me to be, or that my husband told me to be, or that my children made me out to be. But what is the identity of me as the woman? And so once they start healing and they now say, okay, I want to take this journey to become a Dunamis woman, they start discovering more of who the woman is and they start going through these processes. And so those processes are not overnight, right? That takes years. And so that's why some women have been with us for four or five years going through their developmental journey Mm -hmm. to now meet the woman that they never knew existed, right? Outside of the kids. And so- for me, that's the journey that we take them on that I believe is what caused our community to grow so large Mm -hmm. Um, and for women to stay the course because what they hear from my mom's teachings and from what we teach is not taught in the church or the traditional setting that they're used to. It's not taught maybe in therapy, which is still needed. We all Mm -hmm. need to experience therapy, but it's a different sound, a different voice uh, using the word of God, but also through a therapeutic standpoint okay. um, to hit the mind and the emotions. And so we actually teach women how to become dunamis, how to activate that power, how to get that drive back, like you mm-hmm. said, so that they can now leave a legacy for their children and executing the power that God put on the inside of them. So do you do this? Are you always working in groups? Are you doing one-on-one coaching? Like what is it? What's the space that the process that you're using i mean i'm yeah. hearing your your mom's spiritual teaching and yeah. her guidance and her as guide well, what else so life coaching is one of our services that we do have we also do teachings so in our group in our community on facebook we really start off with our seven day healing for my soul challenges they used to be 14 days now they're seven days <laughs> so <laughs> we take women through an experience of healing through their soul in different areas sometimes it's sexual healing sometimes it's healing from the man that hurt me sometimes it's how to heal my heart through prayer i mean we'll have different themes mm-hmm. all the time um, to bring healing to their soul and so in their that community they receive teachings And then we also have a university where women come to get consistent monthly teachings and workshops to take their development journey. And so that's when they join our Dunamis Woman University. 
Um, but then there's some women who say, I need life coaching. I need to really get impartation and mothering and really sit down and get guidance. And that's when we have women in our Dunamis Coaching Institute mm-hmm. who um, actually get that impartation and hands-on. And so my mom serves as a coach. I um, am a spiritual coach to women. And we have women from 25 all the way up to 70 um, in wow. that program. So uh, we do life coaching and then we also do events. So we have our conference coming up uh, where women come. We go on tour for our Healing for My Soul tour where we go to different cities. So there's always something that our community can grab onto. Uh, they stay busy. They are always looking for the next thing <laughs> that's right. happening. But I would say teaching courses, life coaching, and then our events are our main way that we reach the hearts of women. Wow. What's the thing that inspires you the most about the work that you're doing with these women? To be honest to me, I mean, what inspires me the most is our mantra is for women to trans. um, our mission is for women to transform their life and relationships through healing. Mm -hmm. And for me, what inspires me the most is that when they experience healing, it's inevitable that their life and relationship starts transforming. Right. So when a woman comes in because she's been betrayed by her husband and then now two years later, her husband's getting coaching, right? Right. That's a transformation because she was on the brink of thinking they're going to get a divorce. And now her husband's saying, I need to know what you're getting because this woman I'm looking at, I have no clue who she is anymore. right? Right. That's a transformation. When children are now looking at their mom and they're saying, who the hell are you, right? <laughs> so like, where is this coming from? Right. And now, you know, they're now wanting to become a dunamis teen. I think the transformation key point of relationships and seeing your relationships transform based mm-hmm. upon your decision to pursue healing, that's the best thing for me. Um, yes, I want women to exude their power. Uh, that's our mantra scripture, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Mm-hmm. But these women are starting to see the unimaginable. They're starting to right. see what they thought was impossible because they made a decision to heal and execute in that power. And right. to me, when their relationships are transformed, I feel like that reaches the heart of every woman. And when I can see my kids better, when I can see my husband mm-hmm. better, when I can mm-hmm. see my mother daughter relationship better, or, you know, my relationship with my sister-in-law, right. that is what's key. And so to me, that transformation in relationships is the golden thing for me. Brilliant. I mean, I really could hear the notion that healing is medicine for our lives, you know, and not really, I'm not sure if people even get their that the healing power is within them, you know, and that you're creating the environment and the tools and the support to have that happen, but they are doing the healing work. And that yes. so it allows, and, and that's where, I mean, I believe that's where the transformation happens is when you really get, you have a, this within you. Yeah. I would to kind of like transform your own life when you bring towards you all the tools and the, the connections, the power through the spirituality and all of that, everything that you're providing. Yeah. That she steps into that. Because it, it, it not only transforms your relationships, but when you're also going through your healing journey, like you said, it's work that you have to do mm-hmm. that affects, I was at a conference, I think last, not last year, maybe like two years ago before COVID, but that impacts your business too. That impacts everything right. else that you touch, right? Because 
even in your business, you're responsible for people. You're responsible for your clients. You're responsible for your, your coworkers. You're responsible for your employees, right? Like whatever you're in, in your business, how you show up as a woman affects everyone else. So if you're still having unhealed areas, then your customers are, are going to feel that through your customer right. service, right? You right. may say, well, yeah, their order was wrong, but so what, right? Then your team is going to feel that energy because you're right. mad because your husband didn't come home last night. I don't know, whatever the reason is, right. that energy that you give off, and that's what I, I put in the acronym of DRIVE, the energy you give off is, is key. And so if you haven't experienced healing, everyone's going to be impacted by that, not just your immediate family, but at your business, everything. Mm-hmm. And that's so important that if you want to thrive, if you want to actually see what exactly. you're what you're doing manifest in greater realms, you have to know that your heart and your inner being, your mind and your emotions is the core to everything that you touch as a woman. Yeah. And that you get, I think the other thing is, um, for me, they, they can see the choice in the matter of their life. You know, like I can get to choose to sit in the heart of the betrayal, if that's what it is, or I can get to choose to go beyond that I can get to choose to create a life that um, that inspires me or I can choose or I choose not, you know, yeah. but there's an impact on the choices that I'm making and that she's choosing life and she's choosing to be inspired. She's choosing to heal. She's choosing to move and step. Yeah. Step and you said a key thing, Shirley, because healing gives you the choice to respond right. to life situations. Right. If you don't heal, then you you respond or you let life situations dictate how you're going to move, exactly. how you're going to operate. When I was mentoring so many teens, I still went through my, my life processes. Things were still a struggle financially. Mm-hmm. I was an entrepreneur. I never had a job before. It, I, I didn't wasn't making a lot of money. I still had guys breaking my heart, right? Like there was mm-hmm. so much different stuff. But I still had to get up and I had to respond and I had to show up for these teens. I couldn't let whatever life situation happen say, well, I can't be here. Right. I remember particularly one day um, I parked my car on the street in Chicago and I guess it was snowing. So you couldn't park where it was snow. So your Mm -hmm. car gets towed. I woke up that morning, 30 cents in my bank account. Kid you not. Right. Had to go mentor and went out to go get my car and it was gone, like completely gone. It got towed. (laughs) Now, typically the person in my shoes who doesn't have this drive and resilience right. would say, oh my God, call the school. I can't show up to mentor. Cancel right. it. I need to go get my car. I don't know what to do and start panicking, right? But because I've been through some situations and that resilience through my healing journey, called an Uber, showed up to the school, used that situation as a story for the teens. As soon as they left my classroom, then I went to go handle the business. Right. Right. I didn't let that situation dictate how I show up, but I allowed my healing and my drive and everything that has happened in my life. Give me the choice to decide how I'm going to respond to this. Yeah, I'm going to respond to this in a manner. And so many kids saw that as like, man, you really want to be here. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's in our society. It would be quote unquote acceptable for you to go and handle it but really no like inside of your who you really are let's come back to you what you were saying like really discovering who you are inside of who you really are that if you you decided to cancel that's you playing small and being small it's not you stepping into your full self right it's like because 
you were able to go and do that. And then, then the gift that you are to the young people as you share that, yeah, I want to be here. And yeah, I show up when I say I'm going to show up, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I can count on myself and you can count on me. Yeah. Um, and that's big, especially when you have so many kids in that, you know, with them being in a low income area, mm-hmm. teachers abandoning them every maybe couple of months, parents not showing up for anything. The one right. thing they're used to is someone abandoning them. Right? right. And that's so easy to say, you know what? They would love a free day. They're, they're okay. Me not showing up. Right. But that doesn't teach them how to activate dunamis if that's what I'm teaching them. Right. right. So you just got to be you know, accountable for what you preach. So, so then, um, so, you know, I live in Chicago. Do you know that I live in Chicago, right? I, did not know that. I live in Chicago. Yes. Which part of Chicago were you in? So I was raised in the suburbs, like Homewood Fosmore. I lived in Bronzeville area. So it brought me to Chicago. I was Miss Windy City for Miss America organization. Um, and I had really, yes, wow. I had a sister in Miss Chicago. So I competed in Miss Illinois and um, our local title was Miss, mine was Miss Windy City. And that's how I learned a little bit about Chicago. I knew nothing, right? <laughs> but we went on appearances. And so what brought me to Chicago was actually mentoring because Chicago Public Schools had a contract with our nonprofit and the contract was just bigger than what I expected it to be. And so I knew I needed to live in the city. Mm-hmm. So living in Bronzeville was the hub of me being able to go to the West Side, South Side. I didn't know where I was going. I was just a traveling mentor going wherever wow. I needed to be. So yeah, that's where I lived. Where are you? Lakeview. So when did you move to Atlanta? So it's been a year. Oh, really? So it's yeah. really recent. Yeah, really recent. I um, was mentoring for seven years. And once COVID shut everything down, I was like, you know what, this is time for me to leave. My babies have graduated. You know, the ones I've known from sixth grade are now going into college. So this is a perfect (laughs) transition for me to go out. And so I did. And I just said, you know what, let me leave. Because if I don't, then I'm going to accept another contract. And I don't want to. So COVID kind of shut everything down for me. But COVID has been, I want to say, the best thing that has happened to our business. Um, The best thing that has happened to me and how I operated and how I showed up. Um, Because I look back now and I'm like, how did I do all of that stuff? Like, how did I travel to different schools? How did I host these events? Like, this was humanly impossible. And COVID gave us not only a reprieve, but it helped me position how do I want to show up differently once all this stuff lifts up? And so it was a great thing for our business it was a great thing for me um and to recreate a new way that I want to serve and so right and how and what is that new way like it's so you've had the pause and as you create newly what's the core part core elements of that yeah what you want your life and your work to be so remember when I was saying that I had so many dunamis teens right but not a lot of women and so yeah. now that we were able to grow Dunamis Woman to now where it is in our community, now we have tons of women. And one, one thing that I was struggling is that I was teaching a lot of these teens about their power, about how to activate that, but their parents weren't receiving what they were learning. So it yeah. was still kind of like a roadblock that you're hitting because when they go home in their environment, it's still this, this divide, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me... I knew that serving in the Chicago public schools wasn't going to be forever, but I wanted to serve the whole family. And so now that we have so many women and now they have kids, I'm like, now I can really be a traveling mentor. Like my, my mentee gave me that nickname because they were like, you just hop in your car and travel all over (laughs) Chicago. Right. I was like, Hey, I'm a traveling mentor. But now I really want to be a traveling mentor kind of like, you know, made back in the day. 
on MTV. Uh-huh. And I want to be able to like show up in North Carolina and like pop up at someone's house and tell the teen to get out of bed. Right. Like <laughs> I want to be able to do that. And you can only do that when you know the mom. Right. Mm-hmm. When the mom permits you to be able to say, hey, my teen needs to go through this journey that I went through. Right. right. I know the transformation that's happened. So now can you help my preteen? Can you help my son? Can you help my daughter? Right. And so that way they're welcoming me into their space. And now I want to create the same thing that I created for women. I want to create a Dunamis Teen Online University. I want them to have their own conference. Um, We started like a pageant system as well. So now we want to redo the pageant system where Uh women come and compete and, you know, uh, for the title and express their faith. So there's just now me taking it from the school standpoint and now from a worldwide standpoint. And that's different because school is a brick and mortar, right? You go in you know who you're serving worldwide standpoint now allows you to think big online. Um, How can I maybe do conferences and events and women can travel from all over. So it's doing the same thing, just serving differently. And now I get to be able to figure out how, what that looks like. And a much broader, so you're just having a increase in your impact that you have and the number of people whose lives gets transformed through the healing, you know? So exactly. Yes. And the mom's, permitting (laughs) permitting me to be able to do that because they know what they've been on and so it now brings the whole family together that a mom can say hey I'm a dude miss woman and the daughter can say I'm a dude miss teen and their son can say we call them our real awesome men but I'm a young real awesome man right (laughs) and so they can all come together as a family to do that and so that's what it's allowed us to do and I think that we wouldn't have had this many women if COVID didn't happen. We had a lot of women before, but this past year and a half has just, we've grown so much. Yeah. And so because you feel, feel like women have just been in search of something or, I mean, I think the thing about COVID we has been the pause has had us all reflect on our lives and what's working and what's not working and what's exactly. something that when we're moving so fast, as many of us was, it's easy to not tune in to, what's not working right it's not easy yeah. to not stay when you're not when you're moving so fast to tune into yourself so is that what you're hearing so what are you hearing that's had women come forward in this moment yeah I think it made all like you said it made all of us sit down and look at ourselves and realize what was actually happening and I think that for us we were already serving online but mm-hmm. I think when everything shut down it made people more online on their yes. phone. And so they had to now get comfortable with Zoom. They had to get comfortable with Facebook Lives. And so we already were doing challenges. We already were impacting, you know, thousands of women. But I think because so many people are online all the time, now they're just scrolling. Oh, what's this? A healing challenge? Like, and they're just more Mm -hmm. tuned to sit in and to receive. They don't have so many distractions. And so when we did a seven-day healing, now I wish we had the 14-day healing challenge, right? But when we did the seven-day so many women were still, well, I got to go here. I have to go to this basketball game or I have to do this. So they were missing some of the teachings. Now with COVID shutting everything down, they were able to get all the teachings and right. catch up. And so it allowed them to dive into what was being taught and really say, man, I need to deal with this. And I think that that kind of helped us uh, be able to allow them to hear what it is that they needed. Um, Cause we all hear it but we all don't take the time to sit down and attend to yeah, what we Yeah, yeah. I think that that is what COVID made a lot of us do. I want to talk about your notion of success. Mm-hmm. And like, what would, what, how would you define your success? Like, how would you define success? When, would, when you feel like, when are you successful? 
for me, I'll be transparent. When it comes to the financial success piece, I was very um, fearful of being successful financially. I don't know why. I think because we struggled so long that it was just like, how does this work, right? Like, what is it like to have a six-figure, seven-figure business? So success for me is not financial. Success for me is accepting what you're worthy of. Mm. And to me, when you can learn how to accept what you're worthy of, then you're successful. Right. If you see something and you're like, I'm worthy of that. And I'm accepting that I'm worthy of that. Even if I don't have it, I'm going to go after that. My mm-hmm. mind is now positioning myself in a success mindset. I'm going after what I know that I'm worthy of and accepting right. that that is I'm not accepting anything less than that, right? Like this is exactly what I want. And so for me, when you see things in life, you can get discouraged. You could say, well, I'll just wait for the next time. Or maybe that person is deserving. But success is I accept everything I'm worthy of, even if it's not in my reality, even if it's not in my Mm -hmm. hand, I accept that it's for me. And when I accept that it's for me, then I now have my hands open to receive it. And whenever it comes, I'm going to accept that I'm going to be ready for it when it comes. I'm not going to anticipate. I'm not going to force it because I didn't know how long it was going to take us to reach six figures. But at the end of the day, I had to open up my hands and accept that I'm worthy of a six or seven figure business. And once I did that, then now I started walking differently. My, my mindset got different. My confidence got built up a little bit more because I accepted what I was worthy of. And to me, that's what success is. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. I love that because I love how you say whether you have it or not, or whether it's it's not, it's not, uh, the measure isn't that you have it in your possession, whatever that, that thing is. Yeah. The measure is that you get that you're worthy of whatever it is that you want yeah and then and then it allows for what you want to show up yeah be ready as you said and be and a lot of women believe that they're worthy they believe but there's a difference between believing and accepting that like Mm -hmm. accepting is not just the idea of worthiness and I'm waking up and I say I'm worthy of finance I'm worthy of this no accepting is I'm not entering into a conversation accepting anything less, right? Like right. when I go into a, a, a client meeting, I'm accepting the yes on the other end. And if right. I, if it's a no, I'm accepting that too, because that no means that there's another yes, right? Like it's, right. I'm accepting everything that's happening to me, whatever comes good or bad, yes or no, highs or lows, right? I'm accepting it because I'm worthy of success and what's on the other side of that, right? And so success is not going to be this easy pathway, right? So if your car gets repossessed, accept it. It's a part of the process, right? If your bank account shuts down, accept it because you're worthy of success. If your bank account increases, accept it. Like it just accept what it is because I'm worthy of success and I have to go through these journeys and these processes to get there. get there, right. Right. And sometimes people get stopped by the moments of what they experience as failure because they inside of that, the doubt as to whether the success is coming arrives and starts to dominate versus like whatever that is, whether whatever measure of success. 
yeah. wherever you're going for but yeah so I love that like the ex- accept it and then and then as it shows up then it's just like it's just this is just what it's supposed yeah. to be right yeah supposed to be because you're not you're not putting yourself in a state of resistance mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you don't accept stuff you're putting yourself in a state of resistance saying well no success is supposed to look like this right or I know I'm worthy but I'm worthy only if I go this route right like no, accepting is saying, I'm just going to lean into whatever happens and I'm going to accept it because I'm worthy and I'm capable to respond mm-hmm. to this situation. And to me that, I don't know, that just shifted my mindset that I didn't have to resist opti- obstacles when they came. It reminds me of, um, I don't know if you watched the show, This Is Us, but- um, I've seen two seasons and <laughs> it was a, a lot of progress. I just like, I can't, it was a lot of emotion and I just thought- it's I'm so just, I just, But there's a, there's a scene in the, in the show and I, everyone knows I'm a movie person, but where Randall, he basically like- his mother, his his natural real mother yells, right? And so when he feels this anxiety and he feels this pressure of what he's dealing with, he just like learns how to just yell and release it, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of his his story as a as a character, he deals with a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and a lot of um, things that could come in his life, which caused him to get tense and frustrated. And so his wife is always trying to work him through, like, just accept it, like, just right. accept what's happening. Don't resist the process. And so when he meets his natural mother or goes back to figure out who she is, he learns this mechanism that she used to go in the water and she used to just yell in the water. Like she used to go like, ah, like, just yell, <laughs> right. And so it's a part of the scene where he just does that. And I feel like it's a pivotal part of him not resisting what he's mm-hmm. feeling anymore, but accepting what's happening in him because he's a worthy man of success. And his wife reminds him of that. His mother reminds him of that. His adopted mother reminds him of that, but he's a worthy man of greatness. And once he can learn how to accept every blow that happens, except being abandoned, except being adopted, except right. being black, right? Like there's all these different things. And he just goes and yells. And it just, to me, it's an indicator of I'm not resisting this anymore, but I'm mm-hmm. going to accept whatever happens in my life because it's happening for a purpose. So I don't know. Watch This Is Us. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to look for that episode. Yeah. Um, the last season, I think, or the season. Before. I love the way that, um, the way that the source, the work is, is the woman sourcing herself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Through the through what you're teaching and what your guide your guidance and and um and that I'm all about transformation, of course, and, the, and living in the possibility of our life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's also kind of what, like, not being stopped by the things that happen, but being acknowledging that it is a part of the life that we have and I think one of the things when we see what we observe as success from the outside we have no idea what it's really taken for that person to be there and we don't know what it's taken for them to stay there like wherever they are um we don't know the, the the like the backstory and the side story um and so we make assumptions about what success really looks like and feels like on that journey and we use that as a way of 
that misinformation yeah to, to really to kind of measure how we're doing and it's just not real it's just yeah. doesn't it's not founded in any so it's yours like relate to what's actually happening rather than yeah the notion of what's happening and then trust trust and believe that and accept that you will get there it get to the place that you want you yeah know? it's it's just like um you know I'm 31 I don't have any children. I'm not married. And people can look at me and believe no matter how much my business has grown that I'm not successful, right? That I'm single, that I don't have children yet, that what's going on, right? And so in my generation, many women at my age who are probably single and no children are not struggling with accepting the fact that they don't have a mate, right? And so you may look at social media and you're like, well, where's my husband or where's my time and all those different things. And I talk about singleness a lot to my generation, but at the end of the day, most people around me have not accepted the fact that I'm worthy of my timing to have a husband and to have children. I've accepted right. it, but they haven't, right? They're, right. they're, they're struggling with the fact that Ariel can be 31 years old, running a six figure business with no children no husband. And I, I can't accept that. Where's her kids? Where's her husband? I have to mute all of those things, mm-hmm. right? And accept the fact that I'm worthy of being wife. I'm worthy of being mom. I'm worthy of being a successful business owner. Mm-hmm. And I'm accepting that all those things are going to happen for me in the timing that which they are going to happen. Right. I don't compare myself to what's around me because that's a part of my success. Right. And so how I write out success for my life is I want to be able to live. I want to be able to grind in the midnight hour for my business and don't have a child right now. That's what I want. Yeah. Because when I do have children, I don't want them to see me staying up till midnight working on a business. Like I want to be able to now enjoy life with them. So I've accepted that I'm worthy of that life when that time is for me. And I'm purposely, I mean, I can't control the mate that comes in my life, but I'm purposely not stressing about it. It, and, and this is why we have to create in our hearts and our minds the life that we want to live and accept that. And so many people, and I'm saying that because so many people can be entrepreneurs with drive and they are trying to build a business. They're trying to let that vision happen, but then they're comparing themselves to other things of the world. And you can't have everything at, um. at all times, you know? You don't know what that success is going to require of you. And I look at my peers and I'm like, God bless your heart. Because there's no way that I could be an entrepreneur with a three-year-old right now. It really takes, listen, it's a thing. It's a lot. It is a lot. Because I know my drive. I'm not talking, I'm not knocking that person's drive. That's what they're doing. But I know my drive. Right, exactly. And I know for me, I've nannied, I've had (laughs) young kids around, but my drive when I'm ready and I see something, I'm all in, right? Like I don't want to be making bottles at the same time. Like that is the type of drive I have. I have to accept that that life is for me and not compare myself. And I'm just saying that because we get so distracted by certain things to not recognize our own drive and our own. Whilst whilst we can see others and be inspired by other people's stories in social media, we also, it also, really sets up the structure for the comparison junkie to be 
like running riot in, in, your, in people's heads because it can look so amazing. You're clearly not getting the whole picture. And even outside of that, we live in our own expectations of where we should be, lots of shoulds, by this age, right? Whether society or uh, the things that we have been socialized to believe about what happens at the different stages in our life and versus like a setting like you're on your own journey. And this is what your journey looks like. Like, I remember that experience and not, yeah, I think I was 33 when I got married. And, but prior to that, I wasn't, you know, around your age and that pressure to kind of like it to look a particular way. It's just like, I'm good. I don't know why anyone's stressing um, about this. (laughs) Like, why is everyone stressing? Why is everyone so upset? One of the questions that I, I love to ask my guests is about is for what mama used to say and it's like pieces of wisdom that you heard from your mom or an elder woman in your life that has stayed with you that guides you and now your mom is <laughs> has lots of pieces of wisdom it's like that's that's the work is like to support her getting her wisdom out in the world so but what, what's one of the pieces of wisdom maybe from when you were younger that's really stayed with you, that's really influenced you and, yeah. and impacts you today? That's actually funny because around her birthday and Mother's Day, we always, everyone in our community is like, what are, they call her Mama D, right? What are Mama D's sayings? And I swear at her funeral, we're going to have like a wall of her saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that she has always said to me that stuck with me um, was that rejection is preservation. Mm-hmm. And I was competing in pageants um, and I was always like getting this first runner up street for some reason. And I was just like, why? Like, right. Like I had everything. And she used to always teach me that rejection is preservation and that when you experience rejection, it's just preserving you, your heart. When mm-hmm. you experience re- rejection from man, when you re- experience rejection from someone who doesn't have, you know, want to do business with you, whatever. It's just preserving you. And I think for me, that has always been something that stuck with me because I know me personally, uh, I've always dealt with rejection, right? Um, I, whether it's in pageants, whether it's me being this amazing woman and, 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 and guys are like, I don't know why I can't tell you that you're not it, but you're, you're everything, but you're still not it. Right. right. Like, it's just like, what, like, how, like, <laughs> how am I like the perfect wife, but I'm still not it. Like, that right. doesn't make any sense. And it was just preservation, right? Like for everything that God has mm-hmm. for me and the timing that he has for me. And I can't allow rejection to make me doubt myself or the quality of the woman that I am or the, the, the mind that I have, that I have, or the way that I was built physically, all these things, the way that I was created is used for my purpose. And right. every person that rejected me, it just preserved me for something greater. And I think that's just been the best advice that she's ever given me and that I stick with. So now I'm like, yes, tell me now. <laughs> I eat no for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> that's brilliant. That is brilliant. You know, how you talk about with your with the women in your community about into work preservation made me trigger like care self-care looking after ourselves even because sometimes we've talked about how much effort and work that you've put in to create the business we've talked about like sometimes the struggles that we have yeah. so healing 
so there's different ways of healing, but how do we take care of ourselves in our day-to-day life that can maybe prevent some of those situations that can show up for us? So for me, self-care has been sucky. I I will be honest. I've never was someone that was a big self-care person. Mm -hmm. Um, mainly because I always tell people I'm like the strangest woman that ever walks this earth. Like I don't like massages. I <laughs> like don't like going to get my nails or hair done. I'm like, just don't touch me. Like I'm okay. Right. <laughs> so when it comes to doing like womanly things, I'm just like mm-hmm. the total opposite. However, that is not self-care for mm-hmm, me. No. Right? Self-care is, and when that's I say like pamper, that's like pampering or, right? yeah, that's not self-care. But we always, and that's what I said, like self-care was sucky because I always thought that that's self-care, like taking the time to do something for you. But then I realized just this year that self-care was me being able to sit down and be sound in my mind, especially mm. because I have a lot of people pulling on me. And so what I did was on my planner, um, I actually got a planner because I'm not a big like, oh, I need to organize and plan things. But I did get a planner this year. I strive to commit to this. But at the end of every month, I take three days to do something to get away and to be by myself. And so mm. like literally I booked like a getaway cabin to just go away and like lock your phone in a, in a, a phone box and be in the I don't know, the woods. And so I did that. And then um, I like block, maybe just go to a local hotel and just kind of mm-hmm. unplug. And for me, I need that because the way I show up and with our women in our community, being a spiritual coach, I have to, it just a lot of the generation I impact, I have to hear Mm-hmm. a lot of what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, my sound, my message, a lot of that stuff isn't pre-planned. It's really what's happening in me. I'm a literally walking vessel of what I teach. Right. And so I recognize sometimes when nothing is downloading, like when stuff is just hitting a, a brick wall and I'm like, yep, you haven't sat down and been sound and to really hear what's happening within your heart and really stilling, you know, putting your mind away. And so that's what I started doing. Um, and I'm, I'm really still struggling to stick to it sometimes, maybe not three days, but two days, but really just taking that time to block out at the end of every month and just go somewhere, even if it's just a long drive. I just mm-hmm. need to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, though, that um, like the monthly as a monthly activity is, you know, well, and, and even if if you skip a month, the least you notice in the in the next month like to, yeah. to, to schedule it in so to make it work and to really take that moment I love did you say did you lock your phone in a box is that what yeah you said? it's called like it's I saw it and everyone can find it in their local area but maybe I should have had like an affiliate or something I don't know but it's called getaway and getaway it's like a, it's a cabin and they have it in every they have one in Chicago they have one here in Atlanta and you get away to go to a cabin and you, they do have a lock box where you could put your phone in the lock box and you just enjoy the travel and the nature. And I had to reschedule mine, but I'm really looking forward to it. Like it's some, everyone's nervous for me. They're like, oh yeah, it's bears out there. I don't care. Is like, it, I think I've seen it. Are they just like very simple boxes with lots of glass, a big glass? Side. Yeah, it's a big glass. It's like a cabin. Yeah. And you, they give you like s'mores and stuff. And so it's, I want to do that. Um, and then travel. I'm okay with traveling by myself. So now I am, I used to be scared, but 
just doing different things that work for me. Like I said, I'm not a pamper girl. Like, right. I don't do massages, nails, Mm -hmm. but I know for me, I love nature. I love just being away and silent. Um, I love Olive Garden and just going there, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like by myself, like, I don't want to be with anyone. And I think when I intentionally set aside time to do it, not because I'm frustrated and I'm like, oh, I have to get out this house because I just need to self-care, but I'm intentionally planning the time to sit with myself. And that is me accepting whatever is going to be downloaded and received in that moment. Yeah. That to me is more than just me saying I need a break because I'm frustrated or I yeah, and creating the space for that to happen. So I love this as well, the way that you are you're tuned into yourself to know if it's if it's you're not making the connection, it's just like, oh, this is too I've gone too long. I need I need to take the time out and I need it now. So I need to kind of respond. Because the other thing is that we can often override. The messages that we're being we're being given about when we need to stop and pause. Yeah. What's immediately next for you in this? Like, what are you creating? What are you inventing? Really, what's next for us is we do have our conference coming up in person. It's so, the end of July, so July 30th through 31st. Okay. Um, and that's really big for us. I think it's going to be a pivotal moment because when we first had our conference in July of 2017. We did not have women at all, but we still decided to do this Dunamis Women Conference, hoping that women will come out of nowhere. And all of my mentees were there, but we know kids don't have money, right? So (laughs) it was like a gang full of like a hundred teens, a handful of women. And we went like in debt, $40,000. Wow. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm never doing this again. Like not happening. I remember crying in a corner, still trying to like get on the mic and smile. And it's just so weird how like four years later, you know, now we have a hundred women that are going to come in person over hundreds of women that are joining us virtually online and not in debt. Like, it's just the most beautiful thing that when you actually put the drive in and you actually go after what it is that you want Mm -hmm. then the timing right is so key because I knew at that time that I was worthy of this type of event but Mm -hmm. it just was the wrong timing and so I didn't let that discourage us but at the end of the day now just to be able to see that so that's our next big thing is just I can't wait to see women walk through that door um proclaiming that they're doing a miss woman and now probably run through the door that's probably what they're going to do but yeah that's yeah that's big for us and so after that event we're just going to regroup and get ready for our next big challenge our healing for my soul challenge and start planning our next year well congratulations on on that work you know over the years the growth of the community of your business when you talk about right timing one of the things that i want to that I shared with my listeners before that has been an insight for me really strongly in 2020 was the difference between drive and push. We can have drive without pushing to the outcome and trying to force something. Yeah. And drive doesn't mean that. Drive, there's the inner kind of movement and energy to to move things forward. But it doesn't mean we have to push ourselves or push ourselves to take things on that perhaps maybe isn't the right timing and isn't right for us. So I'm excited, excited for you. I am. And And I actually, this came to me and you don't have to use it. But when I thought about drive, I always put things in like acronyms, but I was like, what does that mean for me? Right. Mm -hmm. Drive. 
for me, the D was determined, like determined mm-hmm. to see what it is that you envision come to pass whenever that's going to happen. But you have to be determined for that. Like we didn't change our company name. They didn't say, oh, no one understands Dunamis Woman. So let's do something different. Call it right. Dynamic Woman. No, we were determined that this is what was put on the inside of us. And this is what's going to actually come to pass. And then that R was that resilience. I'm so resilient to get back up, to try again, to keep doing it. I didn't let that $40,000 debt get me down right like that's the drive that I have is to be resilient and then the eyes of independence you we talked about that comparison right not comparing ourselves to so many people there's an individual call that is for each and every one of us surely you have an independence that you only you can do it no one else can do it but you right yeah it's not that like oh I can do it by myself or I'm this independent woman but you're independent to your purpose like Mm -hmm. no one else can do it but you right and then that v is that voice Like right now you're sharing your voice. You're sharing this Mm -hmm. podcast. Like me, I have a voice. I have a message. So many people want to hide behind the voice that they have. And maybe you're not, you're camera shy, but podcast it out, right? Or maybe, you know, you don't like going on live or whatever, but pre-record something like your voice and your message is so key to everything that you do, because that's what people are going to resonate with. And that last E is energy. And you mentioned that, like, right. Bringing great energy no one wants a woman with drive that has horrible energy right gotta have right that strong energy that exudes and it transfers to other people and so that is so important so that to me is what my drive was and I want to share it (laughs) I love it can I use it I'm gonna use it I love I love it thank you I see you've just you've just brought a whole your own uniqueness in today and that you've given so much there's so many gems I hope people had their notebooks out and uh, or start you know really will listen again and again to this episode because there's so many gifts that you've given in the conversation today and I know it's the gifts that you're giving to your community and that really you are um, a demonstration of that which you're which you're sharing and teaching and guiding in so Thank you so much for today. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, Ariel, she did not disappoint. She did not disappoint. Um, you can hear that, like the energy in her voice. She is radiant when you see her. She has a radiance about her. She is passionate about what she does. And she and her mum are making a huge impact in the lives of women and so i want i just want to honor her want to honor her mom and i think the thing that you can hear in in ariel is they are both walking her and her mom are both walking their talk you know they have been they are living their purpose and they are living their lives in the way that they are inspiring others to live their lives too so living their truth basically and when I believe when you live your truth, then then a magic things happen. And it doesn't mean that everything's easy. And, and she has shared that. She has shared some of the challenges. So living your purpose doesn't mean an quote unquote easy life, but it does mean that you start to be fulfilled in life, even when you're faced with challenges. So thank you, Ariel, for all that you shared and being so inspiring and um, 
I, I said this at the beginning and I'll say it again, you know, I recommend that you listen to this again. That's one of the things that I do, you know, if I love a podcast and I this and it has such rich content in some, some particular episodes that really resonate with me, I listen to it again and I take notes, I, or, you know, I send myself messages on what are the things that I'm taking forward from it. So that's why I'm recommended that you do that um, with this episode. And all of all of my episodes are great. And then so there are sometimes there are some guests who create the conversation in, in such a way and that I feel like it's just calls for the notebook. So, um, so there you are. Let, get in contact with me. Let me know how you're getting on with the podcast, where you're getting from it, and um, what actions you're taking as a result of listening to She's Got Drive. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs>